0: Oh, that's cool. All right. So uh, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Psalm 78, 5 through 11. Uh, Psalm 78, 5 through 11. We're going to look at that today. I feel like I'm forgetting uh, another announcement or something. Am I forgetting anything? I think I I, I, am, I am forgetting to tell my wife how great she looks in her saint uh, gear right there. She represents <laughs> right there. She represents. And um, I know I get people all the time. Pastor, how did you get a wife that likes football? That's called the favor of God right there. So if you're single, pray for that. It makes six months out of the year go a lot better. Amen. When it's football season. And if you're single and you're and you're a lady, watch football. Your stock will go way up as a single lady. Okay, it will go way up. You you will go from a, a three to a seven or something like that. Yeah, it goes up that high. Some of the fellas will tell you. Some of the fellas will tell you. I know. OK, I'm already teaching Selena to watch a little bit, saying, baby, you're going to need this someday. You'll make a man very happy Well, someday. So um, and, and if your wife and you don't like football, there's still time. There is still a you. There's make a change. Make that change. As Michael Jackson said, make that change. Amen. Praise God. Actually, you know, I'm getting off on topic here. But Tina's got a friend, and you guys met her. She sang for us, uh, uh, Haley Haley Hunt uh, Castile. She does a weekly blog. It's called uh, Jerseys and High Heels. And it's so that girls, she could teach girls how to understand football. And the rules, and what's the difference with defense and offense, and what does a long snapper do, and all these kinds of things. It's really cool. And she'll post a link later for you, ladies. Amen. Praise God. That was free. Amen. That's gonna save somebody's marriage, though. Right there. That is gonna save somebody's relationship. Psalms 78:5 through 11. Are you guys ready for some real word now? Okay. Here we go. Psalm 78:5 through 11. It says this: For he established a testimony in Jacob. And he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come. Well, go back, go back. That the generation to come uh, might the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children. Keep going. That they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And they may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. The children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows, listen to this part now, they turned back in the day of battle. Keep going. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law and they forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. Okay, Uh, keep going there. One more, one more verse. Oh, go back to that then. All right. I want to I want to point out a couple of things here. Verse nine. Go back to verse nine. This is what I want you to catch. This is what we're going to jump off of today. Verse nine says it like this. The children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. Now go ahead and turn to Second Samuel 11 one. Second Samuel 11 1. Do you have that there? All right, you can look on the screen here. There's another scripture we're going to pray and jump right in. 2nd Samuel 11:1 is talking about David and it says this: In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole army, Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your spirit. and We thank you for the word that is alive and powerful. I pray, Lord Jesus, that that the power and the anointing of the word would be in the room because, Lord, they don't need what I have to say. They need what you have to say. And, Lord, I thank you that your word says that your word does not come back void. It always accomplishes what it needs to accomplish. And, Lord, I know there are a lot of needs in this room. People are going through a lot of different things. Let them hear what they need to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We've been talking about lovers and fighters and getting back to our identity in the church. That we've had we've heard so much and we and we should hear so much about it because Jesus said that's how you're They're going to know your disciples. We hear so much about the love. We need to be lovers. We need to carry love to the world. Absolutely. We need that. We need to love one another. OK, it's a mark of being a, a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. But there's another characteristic and attribute that the church needs to remember. And that is not only are we lovers, but we are fighters. Now, Ephesians 6 says, but we do not war or fight against the flesh. Our battle is in the spirit. So I like to say that you and I are lovers And fighters, and I referenced Michael Jackson's song back in the day where he told Paul McCartney, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And we've got a lot of Christians that are living like that. I'm a lover, not a fighter. But I'm here to tell you, you are a lover and a fighter. Okay? So much so, we looked at this the past few weeks. The scriptures say in Ephesians chapter six that we have been given the armor of God. Well, why do you need armor if you're not fighting? The Bible is also referred to as the sword of the spirit. Why would he give us a sword if we're not in battle? And so we've got to understand a big part of the Christian life is you're going to have to fight some battles. And that makes people sad. Oh, I don't want to fight. But it makes warriors happy. And last week we talked, a couple weeks ago we talked about why it's important. Why can you be happy that you have to fight battles? It's because warriors understand what's on the other side of a battle. When you win a battle, you get the spoils. When you win a battle, on the other side of that battle is many times land, it's blessing financially. You know, you read history books. Whenever an army went in and conquered the, the land they were, they were fighting against, they got everything. Everything became theirs. If that land was rich in oil, we're rich in oil now. If that land had a lot of gold, guess who's got a lot of gold now? We do. And so behind every battle is a reward, our spoils. There's promotion. Come on. There's advancement. And we wonder why some of us never advance. It's because you don't fight. And so last week we talked about, you know, understanding that if you're going to advance in life, you got to fight. You got to win some battles. Quit just crying that you want stuff. Quit just asking for stuff. Get out there. And we said this and don't be offended. We said fight, fool. Come on. We've got people wondering, why is this happening? How come I don't get blessed? How come they get blessed? How come they get that? Because you are not fighting. You are not winning your battles. When you come to the Lord, you find out he says this. I give you the keys and whatever you bind on earth and loose on earth is be loosed in heaven. He comes and he says, I have given all authority to you. So go ahead and build. Listen, the kind of life you want to build on earth as it is in heaven. Are they living in shacks up in heaven? Are they doing drugs up in heaven? Are they getting drunk up in heaven? Well, maybe, but on the Holy Ghost, not alcohol. Okay, so we can, we can have a life here like God has up in heaven. I'm just reading the Bible to you. Come on, even, even some of us that were raised in the good old Catholic church, remember, you might not know nothing else about your Catholic religion, but you sure do know our Father, come on, that art in heaven. Come on, keep, anybody coming? Hallowed be thy thy kingdom Thy will be on earth. There it is. There it is. is. Somebody's been praying that our whole life. Don't know what it means. That means that you can have what heaven has here on earth, but not if you won't fight for it. Not if you won't stand for it. Not if you don't use your sword. Can I get an amen on that? So Psalm 78 we start with today tells us about the children of Ephraim. Who they were some bad people, man. Let me tell you, the Bible says they were armed to their teeth. Okay, they were armed with bows and they had all the technology of warfare. They had uh, all the weapons just like you do. They have everything they need to succeed just like you do. Well, Pastor, are you talking to? I don't have everything. Yes, you do. According to God's word. Don't make me refer you back to understanding the seen realm and the unseen realm in the unseen realm. God says, I've given it all to you. It is finished. That's why on the cross he died. He said it's finished. Guys, I won. Now go get him. OK, so we've been armed just like Ephraim. Verse nine, the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows turned back in the day of battle. That means even though they were prepared for war, they'd been given the victory, they had everything, they would not fight. They wouldn't fight. Whether it be because they were afraid, whether it be because they were too comfortable. Whatever the reason, the Bible says they turned back in the day of, the lo- in the day of battle. Look at verse 10. It says this. They did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law or his word. And they forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them. And what it gives us there is some keys to why some of us aren't fighting the battles you need to fight. Some of you, you know, the Lord's told you to go back to school and you keep throwing your butts in there. We talked about that last week. Move your butt. But but it's going to be hard. War is hard. I said last week, success is difficult. It's not easy. Everyone, everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan. Oh, that's awesome. I want to be Michael Jordan. But what you don't know about Michael Jordan, he worked his tailbone off. Well, yeah, but he had a God given talent. Yes, he did. But nobody succeeds without hard work. Nobody. Nobody succeeds in life without having a work ethic to take on some battles. You've just got to find out what it is in your heart that is worth fighting for. Well, I believe I'm called to be a businessman. Oh, you do. Are you worth fighting to have a successful business? Yeah, we'll see. Because everybody's going to say, yeah. Amen. Everybody's going to say, yeah. Let me just tell on myself a little bit. There wasn't much that I was willing to fight for until I got saved. I did just enough. To graduate high school. Come on, somebody. I wasn't trying to get them good grades. Let me just skate on by. You know, I think, you know, I, I did I did things just good enough. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? Just nod your head. Don't give yourself away in here, especially if your mom and dad are in here right now. But that was me. But when I felt when when God called me into the ministry and I and I ran into my purpose and my destiny and I saw what it was that I was called to do, I started living. And what do I mean by that? The battle was on. It was on. I did whatever I needed to do, went wherever I needed to go. Fought every poverty devil. I started believing God to go to the nations. Fight, fight, fight. I stayed single eight years. Fight, fight, fight. I stayed away from crazy people. Fight, fight, fight. Come on. I did all that. Where before I was somebody that I wasn't trying to fight anything. You know, some of us are like that. We don't try to fight anything. We say, ah, I'll never have another drink. And then Friday comes along. Mm, Bless that's Friday. <laughs> no fight in you. I'm going to be single. I'm going to wait for the one God has for me. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> no fight in you. You just go right with it. But you'll never be great like that. Understand you have to fight for success. It don't take nothing to not be a success. You can sleep around all day and be good for nothing. But the minute you want to do something great, you got to fight. You want to have a good marriage? You got to fight. I don't mean in the natural. Want to raise some good kids? You got to fight. Amen. So Ephraim, they wouldn't fight. And it says here they didn't fight because they didn't believe God's word. Some of us fall in that category today. You really don't believe God's word. You say you do. You come to church. I know you say it. But until you're in a battle, that's when you find out what you believe. You find out what you believe when you're fighting a devil, when you're fighting a situation. Oh, do you believe that God can meet all your needs according to his riches and glory? You find out when you're going through a struggle. But when you face nothing, you take nothing on. Listen, do you believe that God said you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? If you believe that, try doing something that you can't do in your own power. Some of us don't try nothing because we're afraid to fail because we have failure on our minds and not success. We don't have God's word on our mind. We have the natural realm. So Ephraim was like that. They didn't want to believe God's covenant. God gives you promises. Whatever you put your hand to will prosper. That when you give. It will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. All these are covenant promises. What drives us into battle is believing his word. What will keep you uh, uh, living for God is you believe that in the end you're going to come out on top. Why should you stay abstinent as a single person? Because you believe if I live right, it's going to pay off over here and I'm going to marry somebody good. Can I get an amen on that? When you don't believe that, you just go do whatever you want to do. You see, fighting proves that you believe God's word. Second thing it says there, they refused to walk in his law. They forgot his works. Some of you have forgotten what God did to get you out of your situation. The greatest miracle you'll ever uh, ever receive for some of us was that the fact that you're in church now. Come on, somebody. You never saw yourself in in a place serving God, worshiping God, much less giving in an offering and lifting your hands. But what did God do? He did a miracle in your life. And if God did it, then he'll do it again. Whatever God did before he can do again. So you think now God saved you for you to fail at that business venture? You think God saved you so you can go down, down, down? No, he saved you to take you up, up, up. But you got to fight the battles and you got to believe his word. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, 2 Samuel 11, we also read here. The reason I wanted to bring this out to you is because there is a penalty for not fighting battles. There's a penalty for it. And I think most Christians are, uh, you know, we're we're afraid of, of fighting because of the penalty of losing. But there's a penalty of not fighting. We're going through a crisis in America right now. And I just watched a documentary on Ronald Reagan, who was on uh, Channel 6, uh, KVIE. And I love watching those things, especially about history. And some of y'all should, should get in that too and know, and know some stuff. Come on, amen? Learn some things. But uh, uh, I was watching this actually just last night. And they said one of the things that made Ronald Reagan, I'm not trying to get political here or anything like that, but the fruit of his presidency speaks. And they said one of the things that made his presidency one of the greatest was that he had this understanding. Listen now that if we're going to take out communism, we can't be afraid to fight. Now, some of us don't really understand communism and all that. But some of us that were alive back then understood this was a threat that was going to take over the world. And he was the only man. And this was the only nation that was looking it in the face, saying, you're not taking nothing. We're going to take you down. Dude, dude, read your history. Pay attention in class. Some it's, it's, it's a powerful thing. And so Reagan's stance, even his advisors were telling him, don't do this. Don't take on the Russians. They're too powerful. They have nuclear arms. They're this, they're that. And even he had to go before his cabinet. They interviewed his cabinet and the cabinet said, yeah, he came to us. We all tried to talk him out of it, but he would not move. He understood that if we are going to be a great nation, we must face the worst threat that is on the planet. And what he had in him was an understanding of war, an understanding that you must fight. And in our nation today, we're losing that. Because now you got nations cutting off Americans' heads and putting it on the Internet. There right. used to be a time where you didn't mess with an American because they would go and drop some bombs on you. Right. Come on, how many remember those days? Yeah. Now they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. We need to pray for our country. not trying to get political on anybody, but we need to pray for our country because uh, there are threats out there. But what I'm trying to get to in the word today is this. You've got to understand that there is a time for war. There's a time for battle in your life. You cannot be afraid to take on the threats that are there because when you don't fight, it's, there is a penalty. You lose ground. And 2 Samuel 11, 1 tells us about this as we read about uh, 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 David. Go ahead and put that up. It says, in the spring and at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men. Now hold up right there. David's the king, okay? And in those days and in the times that we're reading here and in the past battles, the king went out with his men. And even the way it's worded here in the scripture, at the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab. It's the time where kings fight. But he's saying, I'm chilling. I'm going to sit this one out. Joab, you go out with my men. And the whole Israelite army. Okay, now look, it says here. And they destroyed the Ammonites, besieged Rabbah, But David remained in Jerusalem. So what does it say? It says, well, the men that went to war, they won the battle. Joab went out and led a victorious battle. But when you continue to read Second Samuel 11, you'll read one of the most infamous stories in the Bible. And that is the story of David's failure. That is the story of the man, the only man that is referred to as a man after God's own heart. And you read the rest of the chapter and the next verse in that chapter, verse two starts out with, and David went out on his rooftop. And most of you know what happens in the rest of the story. David goes from being a conquering king to a peeping Tom. Yeah, that's what he was doing. He's peeping Tom in it. OK, he goes out on his roof and he's out and he's watching the lady over there take a bath. If that's not peeping, Tom, and I don't know what is. Somebody say creeper. OK. All right. There's some stuff happening there. Now, granted, this is the man that is called a man after God's own heart. He wrote many of the Psalms in the Bible. He was such a God, This is the giant killer. This is Goliath. This is the man that God says, oh, I'm bringing Jesus through your loins. That's a bad dude right there. When God says, I'm going to send my son and he's going to come through your family line. But look what happens in the story. We know the story He goes out. He sees this fine woman over there who is married. Not only married, married to your friend. Yeah, read the story, man. It's, it's, it's worse than a novella, man. I'm telling you. I'm t- it's worse than that, man. It's, you know, Channel 19 got nothing on the Bible. I'm just telling you. the visión. Come on. Dos mujeres. This, this is a whole nother level right here. So, so you got, you got, he's supposed to be fighting battles, but he's at home chilling, enjoying life. And he sees his friend's wife. And, you know, the story, he calls for her, takes her in, makes love to her, sleeps with her and then finds out she's pregnant. And then it don't stop there. He calls for her husband, sends her husband off to get killed in battle, sets the dude up. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, sets him up, put a hit on him. This is Soprano stuff right here. Sons of Anarchy stuff. Okay, read your Bible. So he sends him out. He gets killed, takes his wife. And he thinks, problem solved. It ain't solved. Because what happens? The prophet Nathan comes to him and he tells him, you done did wrong. And then we know the story. David goes and repents. But I share all that to say, what is at the root of David's demise? Not fighting, not conquering, not possessing. Loving comfort, stepping back from his promise. We got to fight. There's a penalty. Some of you are in the condition you're in because you don't fight. You don't want to serve in church. You don't want to do nothing for nobody else. So you'll find yourself on the Internet, which is a modern form of peeping time. (laughs) You're watching somebody. It's the truth. It's the truth. You could laugh, but it's the truth. And we wonder why there are things that we can't fight off in our lives. We keep losing battles, losing battles in that area, in that area. It just seems like you just, mm, mm. you know, I know why many times it's because you're not doing. Listen, now you're not doing what it is you're called to do with your life. I want you to hear this today. And I want to speak to the families because I've seen I've been in church over 20 years now. I've seen it all. I've seen a man be upset because his wife spends so much time in the things of God. Why you always got to go to church? Why you always got to do that. Why you got another thing out? I've seen wives get on their husbands. Why are you serving again? Why you got to usher this week? Why you got to do stuff like that? Well, how come how, well, can't we just be alone? Can't we just have time? Can't we just. Okay, you push your spouse in a direction where they move away from serving the one true God. Then you see what it does to your marriage. Yeah. You want to be selfish like that? I just want it all to myself. I want her all to me. You'll get all of her, the good. Come on. And the bad. All because you don't realize that as human beings, we all have ground to take. We all have battles to fight. And I've seen it. I've seen it. You do too much for the church. You do too much for God. I know there's balance. Your family comes first. Absolutely. But if you got a man that is serving God all out, you better recognize you better thank God because there's a girl out there who is getting cheated on every week. There's a woman out there. Their man's coming drunk every weekend, coming home, smelling like stank and throw up, sleeping in the bed next to her. And she wishes she had a man like yours. And you I, well, you just do too, you do too much. We just you. He blah, 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 be 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 be. Them, that's them demonic tongues right there. <laughs> and I've seen men do it, too. Oh, their, their wife is serving. She's excited about going to the outreach. She's paying her tithes. She's doing. Well, why you got to do all that? Why don't, you come, why, don't we, why don't you stay home and watch football with me? <laughs> why can't we ever do what I want to do? Listen, you've got to understand, you take somebody out of the battle of their life to be a blessing to other people. It won't be long until you have a David on your hands. For some of us, I'll say this, for some of us, the thing that's keeping us going is serving others. That's, that's it. That's it. So learn how to do it together. And I'm not saying there's not a balance to things. I'm not saying that there's not, you know, you know, you don't want to just be all church and you ain't cooking dinner for your family. Come on, somebody. You don't want to be all church and you ain't mowing the lawn. You got one of them jungle lawns. Got a little tribe living in it in the front yard. You don't you're so high. Take care of that. Take care of your house. Take care of your family. Okay? Take care of those things, but learn that we sacrifice to serve God. And if you got a man that's doing that, celebrate him. If you got a woman that's doing that, celebrate her. Cook your own food. Oh, baby, you got to go to girls Not out. Don't worry. Call Domino's. <laughs> Stop by the taco truck on your way home. Amen. Get you some food. But 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 let's let's propel people. Why am I sharing? Why is this so important? Because we've got couples that always we've got people that always when they're stressed want to look at God and cut out his time. Well, we just need I hear this all the time. Well, we just need time together. Well, why got to be God's time that you cut into? You need time together. Get up an hour early and go have breakfast. That's what me and my wife do. Who said a date has to be at night? I get up extra early that day. We drop off the kids. We go have breakfast. And we make it romantic. Come on, somebody. Sometimes breakfast is more romantic than dinner. I ain't got no amens on that. Y'all ain't never tried it. Y'all ain't never tried it. So you got no game. You all got no game. Come on, fellas. None says I love you like some pancakes. Come on, with that warm, buttery filling all over you. But David's problem was he wasn't fighting anything and it was time to fight. You got to fight. You got to get in there and fight. Let me leave you with these last things. And I started last week with this. How do we win our battles? Let me review real quick and I'm done. How do we win our battles? Well, first of all, you agree to fight them. When it gets tough, get in there. You know, one of your first battles you have to fight as a Christian. Get involved with the cause. Get involved with the cause. What cause am I talking about? The cause that Jesus Christ left us all go into all the world, preach the gospel and make disciples. It's the cause that Jesus came and said, hey, don't worry about fulfilling the laws and the Ten Commandments. Just do this thing. Love your neighbor as yourself and love. uh, I'm sorry. Love God with all your whole heart, your soul, your being. Actually love God as he loves you. And then love your neighbor as yourself. That's the cause. What's involved in loving? Lifting. That's why we use that in our in our motto there. Lift. Because you can't love somebody without doing something for them. Love is a verb. Love is something that you do. And so the first battle you got to win is you got to get involved in the cause. I'm involved in the cause. My family's involved in the cause. What is the cause? Lifting the lives of other people. We use our money. We use our gifts. We use our talents. We use our lives. Amen. That's what it's about. Get involved in this. So how do we win our battles? The first thing you got to do is surrender. Lift your hands toward heaven. We talked about that last week. Exodus 17, 8 through 15 says that when Israel won their battles, uh, it was because uh, um, uh, Moses had his hands lifted. And when he put his hands down, Israel began to lose. As prophetically speaking about surrendering to the Lord. Surrender, surrender. Guys, your wife is not yours. Quit trying to be controlling over her. She's not yours. She's God's. You're a steward of her. Ladies, your husband, he ain't yours. Just controlling, controlling. I don't want you doing that. I don't want you doing that. That's God's man. You have just been given stewardship of him. Let's keep going. Lift your hands toward heaven. Surrender. Surrender everything you have. God, I'm going to fight this battle, but I surrender, which means this. I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to get rid of my butts. I'm not I'm I'm going to listen to counsel. I'm never going to do things in the dark. I'm going to understand that I need you. It's surrender. We talked about that last week. Number two, how do we win our battles? We pray. We ask God. Numbers 21, one through three says it like this, uh, that when they when when Israel was attacked by Canaan out of the blue, it wasn't even on the map. It wasn't even scheduled to be a battle. They were on their way somewhere else. Canaan does a sneak attack on them. They come. How does Israel deal with it? They say, um God, can you help us take these guys out? And they took them out. Ask. Pray. God will give you your request. Because why is that so important? Because if you're going to fight, you got to ask. Ask releases faith. Asking releases faith. Asking requires faith. You don't ask God for things because you really don't believe he'll give you the things you ask for. But when you really believe he'll give you the things you ask for, you find yourself asking, God, I want healing. Heal me, Father. I ask you to heal me. I ask you to do this. I ask you to do that. Okay. so we talked about that. If you're going to win a battle, you've got to be in prayer. I love what Matthew 7, 7 says. It says, ask and it will be given unto you. Period. Period. Not ask. And if you've been living good enough, I'll give it to you. That's what the old saints told us. That's why we always had to be on point, because if we weren't living right, God wasn't going to do nothing for us. But that is not the gospel of grace. He just says, ask if you have faith enough to ask, I'll give it to you. It's not I'm going to ask. And because I've done this, 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 this and this, then he's going to do it. No, just ask. Matthew 7, 7, ask it will be given unto you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. What are those things? Those are actions, taking steps. Okay, number three, we talked about this last week, follow directions. Joshua chapter six, we see that they beat Jericho, the most powerful city on the planet. They They brought the walls down, but how'd they bring them down? By following directions. They fought God's way. They fought God's way. Now, your way might be different, but you better choose God's way. How are you going to prosper in life? Well, we are going to save every penny we get, and we're going to invest it here, and we're going to do these things, and then we're going to be prosperous. God says, um, why don't you start by doing it my way and then implement your plan? Oh, what is your plan, God? Give me my tenth into the storehouse. Give offerings, and I will give. when you give, I will give back unto you. We have a problem. Am I going to do it God's way? Am I going to do it the way my mama told me? My daddy told me. My economics teacher told me. See, the two can live together, but you better put God's way first. Can I get an amen on that? We've got to follow directions because then you read Joshua chapter 7, the same battle that defeated the greatest city on the planet, the next battle they faced, they got wiped out. Why? Because they didn't inquire and they didn't listen to the Lord. God gave them specific instructions. They didn't do it. They lost. They lost. People, we must depend on God. We've got to follow his instructions, which means this. I said this last week. You better listen. Come on, look at the person next to you. And say you better listen. better listen. Listen. I find my, telling myself telling my kids that all the time. Listen. And I tell them that all the time because my dad used to tell me that all the time. Listen. Because success comes when you listen to counsel. Listen to counsel. Listen to coaches. Listen to bosses. Listen to people. Listen to pastors. Listen to wise people that are where you want to be. If you think you got this, you don't got this. We all need other people speaking into our lives. Never do things on your own. I got this. I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. God made you, first of all. We need other people. We need insight. So if you're going to win battles, follow instructions, God's instructions. Number four, we ended on this last week, and that is this. If you're going to win a battle, take authority. Joshua 10, it said this. It said that when the heat of the battle, Joshua noticed we need more time. If it gets dark, we're going to lose. So what does he do? He looks at the sun and he says, sun stand still. Do you realize he didn't pray a prayer? He looked at the sun. See, remember when I said God, Jesus said, I give you all authority. He used his authority. And when people are in a battle, you better understand this. Use your authority. Speak to it. Speak to that empty bank account. Come on, somebody speak over them rebellious kids when they're asleep. Amen. Come on. Some of you moms used to go and lay hands on that baby when he was asleep. Amen. Or that teenager when he was asleep. Amen. Cheeto always talks about that at times, too. He was a teenager and he'd look up, wake up all freaked out. His mom's (laughs) praying in tongues over him. (laughs) I love those stories, man. You know, you got to do that. Why? Because you take authority. It's about taking authority. I call you blessed. And I talked about this last week. That's why as a mom, never speak curses over your kids. Oh, He's a troublemaker. He don't listen. He's driving me crazy. Listen, it might be the case, but you better start speaking good things over him. Amen. You got to start speaking it. He never listens. I can't get him to sit down. Quit saying that. Start saying he's a good kid. He follows directions. Come on. Amen. (laughs) You say, Pastor, I don't want to lie. No, 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 no. It's not lying. It's not lying. (laughs) It's calling those things that are not as though they are speaking it into existence. Amen. Take authority. If Joshua can look at the sun and make the sun stand still, and the Bible says, not only did the sun obey, but the moon did too. And, and, and I said last week, you can go through history and they've done ancient uh, studies of different civilizations and almost all ancient civilizations uh, write about a single day that was longer than other days. I think it was the Mayans that wrote about it. The Egyptians, the ancient writings will talk about that day. Now they don't know, they don't know that it was actually a guy in Israel who made it stop. They got all their little tails. Well, it was the day when the great dragon fell out of the ground and the sun's up. <laughs> they don't know it was the guy just like you and I that said, stand still so we can wipe these fools out. Take authority. If you're going to win a battle, you got to take authority. You got to dry the tears, stop crying and start saying, I'm healed. Yeah. Yeah. Cancer has no power has no power. This sickness cannot take me out. I'm healed. I'm healed every day. Take authority. Amen. Number five, almost done. Have the Lord with you. And this is where we left off last week. I just want to drop these things off into you and then I'm done. Have the Lord with you. When you're in battle, you better be with God. Why do I word it like that? Because the Bible says Jesus, he says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's not going nowhere. You thinking about going to the club next week? Guess who's going with you? I just ruined somebody's fun. Damn. <laughs> You're on the internet late at night. Guess who's there with you? He says, I'll never leave you. You gonna get drunk. You're going to go do some drugs. Guess who's there with you? He is. So Jesus doesn't leave you, but we leave him. And where do we leave him? Well, we, how can we leave him? I, I, can I leave him when I go to the club? Let me, here's what I mean when I say you leave him. You leave him in your, in your mind, in your consciousness, in, in, in your thinking. You walk away from him in here because you really can't. He's with you. But we leave him. How? By the way we live our lives. You want to live your life a way that is opposed to his word. You're walking away from him. And when you walk away from him, it's hard to win those battles. It's hard to win those battles. And we see this in first Samuel 18. The Bible makes it clear that whenever David went to battle, the Lord was with him and he won. Second Samuel 8, 14 says it like this. David was successful in battle whenever he went in. Why? Because he was with God. If God did it for David, he'll do it for you and I. Amen. But you want to keep bringing up excuses. But I don't have a dad. But I come from this. I'm that. But the man don't like me. You know, I'm African-American. I'm Mexican. I don't do this. I don't have an education. We've got all these reasons. Stop. He said you can do all things. Go and do all things. Can I get an amen with that? You have the Lord with you. You will defy the odds and you can be successful if you're walking with God. And this is why, people, it's so important that you obey his word. It matters, singles, how you live. Most singles just don't want to get caught. Listen, if your motive is just not to be caught, you're missing it. Your motive should be to live pleasing the Lord. Yeah. If you can make that your motive, you will see that walking with the Lord pays dividends in the sense that everything you do when you stay with God, you conquer. But when you live a life tipping and tapping and hiding and staying away and this and that, you're going to have to deal with some things. Number six, you're going to win some battles. You better praise. You better praise. Second Chronicles twenty it talks about the story of Jehoshaphat. They're about to go into battle. God says, "Do it like this: send the army out there, but put the praisers first." So it'd be like us going to war with Iraq, and they're calling up JRO and they're calling up Ariel and them, and say, "Hey, we need some praisers out here in front of these uh, uh, tanks." How foolish does that look? How foolish did that look to the enemy? I bet them dudes with them bow and arrows was like. Get that dude with that horn right there. Watch me just nail that singing girl right there. We don't know how many of them praisers went out either. You know, look at that story. I mean, you know, but listen, but we do know this. They won the battle. They won the battle. And they won it. Listen, the first thing they had to do was not be afraid to look foolish. Not be afraid to look foolish. This is why you can tell somebody's true strength by how they praise. Everybody likes worship. Because worship, we can just shut her down and, ah. Oh. But you can't really fake a praise. You, and I know these singers up here will tell you. They're up here praising, and some of you are just, you got to understand, praise is a battle technique. And it's something that you just can't watch somebody do. You got to get involved in. okay? if you're going to win a battle, you got to praise. And if you can't praise here, praise him in in secret. okay? All right. And here's here's the here's the even better thing. I'm more radical when I'm by myself. You might drive by me in the car and laugh. My wife will tell you she she see me at the gym sometimes. She'll walk up behind me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm getting my praise on. And I'm, on, I'm just moving on <laughs> EFX, you know, <laughs> doing my thing. I do. I got to catch myself sometimes. I, OK, this is a little too much here. You know, I want them to hear when I speak to them, not go. There's that weird guy, you know, so. I, but but as I'm driving my car. You might see me getting a little in that. Why? Because praise doesn't care what anybody thinks. And that was the first thing we saw. If you're going to win your battles, you got to learn how to praise. Okay, when you're going through, that's when you need to come to church with a stronger praise. Okay, your praise should get stronger when you're in a battle. Some of you it leaves when you're in a battle. I don't want praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Stay defeated. Stay that way. Then all you, you, you'd be surprised at what a praise can do in your life. All right. Let me wrap this up here. The last thing, last thing I want to drop on you because I'm going to be gone next week is this. If you're going to win a battle, you got to stay positive. You got to stay positive. Some of us have been trained to think negative. Get rid of that thinking. You can't do it. Can't do it. You can't have a great life with bad thoughts. You can't have a successful life with unsuccessful thoughts. Can't experience victory with thoughts of defeat. You can't. You've got to clean your thinking out. Okay, Uh, Second Chronicles 27, one through six talks about Jotham and what it says about Jotham there. And I'll leave you with this is it says this. You can help me on the keys is it says this, that Jotham built himself up. And because he built himself up, he was able to make Israel great. They were able to go and, and, and uh, defeat their enemies. Some of you are at that place where you got to start building yourself up. And you've got to start getting rid of the negative thinking about yourself, your spouse, your kids, your life. All you think of is what you can't do. I can't do that. I can't do that. I'll never do that. Listen, you're right. But let me drop this on you. Whatever you believe is true, whether it's true or not. Let me say that again. Whatever you believe is true, whether it's true or not, it'll be true for you. You believe you can't, then you can. not You believe you can, then you can. I can't, I can't shake this alcohol thing. I can't stop, man. I can't stop doing this weed. I can't. You're right. You're right. But the minute you step over here into this thing of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Guess what's true now? It's true even as you're holding that joint in your hand. It's true even though you're going to be at the game today. I'm speaking prophetically. You're all happy now, but you're going to go to the game and your buddies are there and they're pouring the beers and they got the bottle and you just got out of church and you're like, nah, nah, nah. Okay. Okay. And you, boom. Next thing you know, you're slouched. You're just, oh man. Listen, all you got to do, get back up. <sighs> get back up. But I don't want to be a hypocrite. Too late. Too late. You are. God is made for hypocrites. People always say, that, Well, I don't want to go to the church because it's full of hypocrites. No, there ain't. We got some extra chairs in here. Look around right now. We ain't full yet. We got. We still got some room. Always room for one more. I mean, come on, let's not put ourselves. We're not perfect. This is for somebody today. You might have had a hard week. When you mess up, run back to God. It may take a lot of hard weeks running back to God, but you keep running back to him and it'll stop. It'll stop. But you've got to build up yourself. Stand on your feet. You've got to build up yourself because people, we've got to fight this week. Because not fighting we lose ground And some of you are dealing with sins in your life and things in your life because you're not fighting the battles that you're created to fight you ever notice we run back to things when we going through it don't run back to drinking don't run back to sex run to God run to him the battle's getting tough run to him call someone to pray for you pray with you But run to him. Because we've been created to win battles. Some battles are short, some battles are long. But remember this. Why do we want to fight battles? Because on the other side of that battle is a better marriage. Other side of that battle, I'm, I'm serious now. I'm not just talking possessions. But we'll be a new house. We'll be a new business other side of that battle to live righteously and single is a good man. It's a good woman. The battles are worth fighting because of what you get. We don't fight battles just for battle's sake. Look at even David said okay if I beat Goliath what do I get? Remember that? He didn't just go I'm going to kill Goliath because he's talking bad about the armies of Israel. He said whoa 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 what do I get if I take this dude out? That's how, that's how a warrior thinks. And when a battle pops its way up, you better start going, yes, there's a prize on the other side. Come on, we, we live in a video game era. Y'all know how this works. You defeat the dragon, you get the princess. Come on, somebody. Come on, Super Mario's. You, you, you beat the level, you increase in strength. Amen. We get this in this society that we get this, but we've got to apply this to our walk with God. You got a battle you fight? Ooh, look what's on the other side. You're going to come through this better, going to come through this stronger. You're going to have better kids. You're going to have a better life. But understand, go through it because you can't get what's on the other side until you pass through. Bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to let you out of here. Father, I just want to bless each person that is here right now. I speak blessing over them. But Lord, I also want to come against condemnation and shame. Whenever we come into your presence, Lord, there's acceptance. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. You don't give us what we deserve. You give us grace. And I just pray over each person. There's so many of you here. I just sense this in my spirit. You're mad at yourself because you keep messing up. You're mad at yourself because you're struggling. Listen, a struggle is a part of life. The thing about it is don't let go of your heavenly father. God, I just pray that you would change our thinking about fighting and, and the battles that we face. Help us to run to the battle to reap the spoils. And I just thank you, Lord, that this congregation will increase in strength finances. will increase in joy. We'll increase in happiness. Fix our marriages, Lord God. Strengthen our children. Let us be the most blessed on our blocks. And when we are the most blessed on our blocks, send us to a new block, Lord. Hallelujah. When we're the most blessed in our neighborhood, take us to a new neighborhood, Father. We bless each person that is here today. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.